Welcome back, everybody, to Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. All right, buddy. Episode 28, what do you got for us? All right, this came after a bit of research. So it's a little bit of a stretch. Dude, you should have just said it. That automatically, I'm a little salty now, but go ahead. Dude, you're putting the pressure on me now every week, and we're getting up there, so it's not as easy. Right. That's right. Uh, People don't let down the listeners with this. The fans are wanting it. I've been, I've gotten a lot of feedback from this. This need this needs to be good. Just choose your words carefully. Go ahead. What you got? Marshall Falk. Oh, <laughs> that is some research right there. That's all I could get. All right. Hey. That's all I could come up with. But hey. I I like it. I'm all about the obscure jerseys too. When I see obscure jerseys walking around, yeah, I'm okay. I mean, you know, I'm not a big jersey guy. But oh, if you not a big Jersey guy, but greatest show on earth, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner. That's right. And and again, if it, I mean I'm not a big Jersey guy, but if it's like an obscure one, I can get on board. You like that? I can get on board. We saw an Allen Iverson Team USA jersey a couple of uh, a couple weeks ago. We See, did. that's obs- obscure. Allen Iverson jersey walking into a high school basketball game. I'm game. Like I'm. At- at Mardi Gras in New Orleans, I saw a Mighty Ducks Bombay jersey. Dude. That was that was solid. That is pretty good. We did the whole quack, 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 go Ducks thing. It was there awesome. you go. It was awesome. Yeah, there's some... That's nice. like it. That's And you know what, Scott? What? That's going to be the extent of our hockey discussion tonight right there. <laughs> if you came here for hockey, go to a different podcast. Sorry. Go to, Can- go to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. However... If you came here for some NCAA talk, you are in the right place. Well, I guess tournament talk. I you that came was for some stupid, two stupid guys talk trying to talk about sports. You're in the right place. That's yeah, you know, stupid guys who say a couple smart things every now and again, but <laughs> nobody's keeping track. Trust me, nobody's keeping track. And. Okay, let's just let's just talk about some <laughs> college basketball. Okay, Scott. So you gave us your take on filling out brackets and how you're a little bit butthurt at the whole idea of people being excited for sports, and it lets some people. You know, it sort of brought and brought me down. You know, and we'll talk for the listeners, but I don't know. What did you think about the tournament? So like, just. Diving right in, well, thoughts on the tournament so far. Do you think that it's just entertaining, good basketball, so finally, bad basketball, storylines? Dude, finally people are stopped, have stopped talking about their brackets. Everybody's, I hate that, oh, well, my bracket's busted. It's like, yeah, everybody's bracket in the history of time has been busted. Oh, Duke right. lost. Oh, Villanova lost. Man, that whole bracket busting thing. Just, just irks me. Scott, let me be a real big jerk for a second. Go ahead. Yeah. Last week, you were a little bit salty at people talking too much about their brackets. And now this week, it's... It's the same. It's basically the same storyline. Okay. It's just people talking about how their bracket has been busted. Oh, there goes my bracket. It's like, dude, like, it's just talk that doesn't need to happen. Okay. But aren't you glad that they're done talking about yeah, their that's bracket? What I mean. That's what I said. 
Okay, okay. I misunderstood then. I was, I would, I misunderstood. Also, I was sort of looking to poke holes in it. You know, I was just looking a little. Yeah, you're just trying to get under my skin. Okay, but as far as basketball goes, to me, I loved, I loved last weekend. Yeah. The 64, the 32, I loved it. I was entertained. I thought there was a little bit of everything. Now, I feel like people put a whole lot of, a lot of, I don't, I don't know, just a whole, maybe a little too much enjoyment into the idea of upsets, which there weren't any crazy upsets in that first round. You had no. your twelve over your five. You had your Middle Tennessee winning, but th- but those upsets, sort of everybody predicted that Xavier beating Maryland. I think everybody had that, so the upsets weren't really upsets. Now the lowest seed in it currently is Xavier at 11, you know, which I think is right there in, in the norm. Well, less, less upsets in the first round means better games in the rest of the tournament. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and again, it's sort of like a Goldilocks type thing. Like people want good basketball, which is higher seeds playing each other, but then they're like, wait a second, where are the lower seeds? Well, it's like, what What? what do you want? You can't have both. Who's saying that? I don't know. That's just <laughs> every – there's always the – everybody looks for the Cinderella of, of whichever year. Love that story. Love talking about that. And I don't think – I mean, you can't really consider Xavier a, a Cinderella as an 11 seed coming out of the Big East. I mean, it would be cool. I'm not yeah. sure if they're going to – I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to make it past this round. Probably not. Basketball school, man. Yeah, basketball school, but but I don't think they're beating Arizona. We'll see. I mean, anything could happen at this point, really. Okay. It's all, it's all kind of a crapshoot now. You got to reseed them, and, and they're a likable team, Xavier for sure. But. Okay. All right. So, well, just any more. I'm upset. We had we had the number one of the number ones, Villanova, falling to Wisconsin. People call that an upset, which I guess technically it was. You know, the little eight next to Wisconsin meant they were a middle of the way team, and they beat the 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 number one of the number ones in Villanova. But that wasn't a that wasn't that crazy of an upset, right? No. No. That's I- a that. That's a Wisconsin team who has been to the Sweet 16 the past four years. Went to a national championship two years ago. I mean, you can't you can't get like excited for that. But I think a lot of people are getting like almost. And and again, when I say a lot of people, just the basketball viewing world thinking, okay, well, where is the what the heck team coming out of nowhere? Like the Stephen F. Austin last year with that. Big lumberjack looking goofy freaking yep. redhead. Like, where's that? That team that team really doesn't exist. I think if anybody is looking to root for a team like that, they're rooting for Michigan just because of what we talked about a couple weeks ago with them getting into the airplane incident. Well, we, we figured out that plane crashes are actually a positive influence on a team. So so next team that gets in a plane crash. I'm betting the house that they're winning a national championship. Uh, hold on a second. Clearly, you're referring to someone other than Michigan here. We are Marshall, man. Oh, well, that was 
We are Marshall. Come on. What year was that? And can, can you really like take <laughs> those a, two a positive, examples? A positive correlation between. And wasn't plane that crashes, a huge disaster? Positive correlation between plane crashes. Like people and died. Success. What about like all the people died? Oh, I mean, Scott. That, what are what that, was that? We that's the one. We are Marshall. That's where you <laughs> go to. I thought you were gonna have another weird, obscure story, but here we go with the. We are Marshall. Wow. Man, what a hey, poor. What other right teams have gotten in a plane crash since, what, Roberto Clemente? We are Marshall happened after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. And, well, hold on. The Michigan wasn't a plane crash. Oh, they it was crashed. A, oh, they it, crashed. It was. Mm, Tears were shed. People were shook, man. People were shook. That's a plane crash. Okay. All right. Well, if people were upset, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, a plane crash. Who? Who's your like? Who's your team? Who are you pulling for? Anybody in particular? No, you said last no, week that I, you I'm just for good basketball. This is a time I think that's. I mean, it's just it's just a time to watch good basketball. These are the best teams in it. The best players are honestly in the still in the tournament. Like players overall. Has so like there you been got Lonzo Ball? You got Nigel Hayes. You got Frank. Mason, yeah, all those guys that are still – and that kind of says something. The senior leaders or the, just the leaders in general, as in Lonzo Ball's case, are the guys that are still in it that can you know get a team together. Dude, you know, he, a player-led team is the best type of team. And, and that's all you have left in the tournament. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I feel like I was jumping in there to cut you off. But – Here's the thing with player-led teams, and I agree with you, but I don't think that happens in college basketball anymore, man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the teams that are still in it. Dude, there are so many one-and-done college players go to Kentucky to play their freshman year and then and then go get drafted. We're not we're, Lonzo we're not going to have another we're not going to have Lonzo Ball again. He's he's gone. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just that's a lead. That that guy's a leader though in general. I'm talking about seniors like Frank Mason and Nigel Hayes that are still in it. And then you got guys like just leaders like Lonzo Ball, Malik Monk's coming on. Um, another just a, another freshman. Malik yeah, Monk's another those, freshman. And, but those guys are leading their team still. Here's the thing though, we're not going to we're not going to know about those or I mean we will. They're going to be in the NBA le- next year. No, I know. I, so I, I think there's that. something about the whole idea of the player aspect that it's sort of like as a nation and as just college basketball fans, we know about these incredible players for three weeks because do we really follow them a whole lot during the season? Maybe certain hardcore guys, but your typical run-of-the-mill college basketball fan is, you know, is thinking where does, you know, I even like Lonzo Ball. I'm not freaking watching any UCLA games living in the D.C. area. I'm just not. No. I, what I was really talking about, though, is the, is the again, I keep using this word, correlation between good good leaders, good playing leaders, and success in the tournament, if that makes sense. You got no. Duke that bounced that a lot of people have questioned their, their leadership on that team. It was kind of a me, me, me attitude, you know, where you got Grayson Allen – Tatum and Kennard, all three NBA players, and they're just trying to kind of get their own. Well, you got Gra- you got Grayson- coaches still left in the th- in the tournament, and that's that's not to take anything away from them. I'm just saying, 
if you can defend and then get a guy that can lead your team and go get a bucket whenever they need him to, that that right there is a tough team to beat in the tournament. Okay. It just the the idea of the player leader is a, is a a lot of, of different leaders on one team. That's a that's a tough opponent, correct? Different leaders. What do you mean by different? No, 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 D- no. Just having several leaders in one starting lineup. That's a difficult opponent, correct? Yeah, it's a tough yeah, team yeah. to beat. I mean, it's, well, I and that's leaders. I mean, it's it's the it's this almost the star player. The star and, player is leading the team and. You know, there's going to be a situation where the other team goes on a run, where your opposing team goes on a run, and then one of your guys has got to be like, all right, let's got to stop here and go get a bucket just to kind of turn things around. And when you don't have that guy, that Frank Mason or that Nigel Hayes, who made that stupid move against you, uh, Villanova to win the game, when you don't have that guy, it's kind of like it, it slips away from you a little bit. Okay, and I agree. I mean, having those stud players is great, but having those stud players who are freshmen for one year, I feel like it kind of stinks. I think you're you're putting too much on the freshman name. Like, as a freshman, you can have a leader as a freshman. Yeah, but wouldn't you love to see what that freshman could do as a sophomore and then as a junior? Oh, sure. And then but as now a we're senior? Just talking, now we're talking about a different issue. Well, d- I I think I think they I think they they relate though considering why this is such good basketball. Couldn't it be better basketball? Imagine Lonzo Ball and Frank Mason oh, yeah. in three that's... years still playing in the NCAA tournament. Oh, that dude, that that's a college basketball fanatic's wet dream. But that's not what's best for Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball needs to go get paid before he go get go gets hurt. He needs to go make his money just in case. And and you know what? This is a whole nother this is a whole nother college athletes getting sure. paid thing. And yeah. I know you're I know you have some sort of thesis on this. So sure. I, I kind of led us into a whole nother whole nother discussion. And I didn't mean to do that. I think I misunderstood what you said earlier, but Okay, so you're excited because there's player-led teams. Yeah, you got you got the best players, the 11 of the 15 Naismith finalists are still in the tournament. And that and that's makes for good basketball. And that's okay. kind of what it should be. It's not all the one seeds. I mean, you had yeah, you still have three what? Three number 1 seeds and what? Two number twos, yeah. So zero number twos. The twos are out. Duke's in there, but it's the best players, and that's what that's what kind of cream kind of rises to the top in this tournament. It's uh, yeah, but but I think as far as again, whoever watching the just run of the mill college basketball fan watching the tournament, they want a little bit of surprise. They want a little bit of a little bit of a M Night Shyamalan twist, such as. All the ACC teams going down in the opening weekend, and ACC now is the, dead. And now the one that they have is UNC. Which hold how many? How many ACC teams got in? Seven or nine? Oh, more than that. It was nine. It was eight, nine. I think it was nine. I'm almost positive it was nine. Okay, but let's just say nine. A ridiculous amount of ACC teams got in. Didn't even survive the first weekend. I feel like me as a fan. 
kind of like seeing that. I like the M. Night Shyamalan twist. I like that little punch. And then, yeah, you say Cream rises to the top, but the ACC is one of the best, is, I don't, I don't know if I want to say the best just because of what's going on in the tournament. So one of the best basketball conferences in the country. Well, yeah, I also think that's unfair because the sample size of the tournament is so small. You're playing one game. So you got to kind of take across the entire season. Now, I don't disagree with you. I think there is just as good basketball in a mid-major conference than there is at the bottom half of the ACC, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because I I believe the ACC top is is head and shoulders better than everybody else. Right. This is the whole bottom. And that kind of – that's the same level of competition. Now, one game doesn't say – I kind of made that – ACC is dead joke as like a, you know, it's it's a joke because the ACC it's is just dead. One or two games, <laughs> like what? right? But again, nobody nobody expected it, and we're doing no, a sports podcast. Not. You got to throw out ridiculous claims like that. Get a couple listeners. The Big Ten is back. The ACC is dead. The Big Ten, the bit. Well, they are. Here's the thing with the Big Ten. I think it's, I don't want to say fool's gold, but I'm going to say fool's gold. I think the, I think the Big Ten is going to have a weekend like the ACC did this coming weekend. I'm thinking, dude, I'm thinking it's a little SEC basketball going to be coming to the top. All I'm thinking right, we'll, Florida. We'll see about that. That'll be interesting. I'm thinking Florida, USC. Oh boy! At least, okay. Um, Those are the only teams that are still in it. Wisconsin's going to crap the bed. Oh, and, we got Kentucky, and uh, and then obviously Kentucky. But Kentucky's hardly a. I mean, they're an SEC team, obviously, but you know, I'm thinking they're all they all move on. Um, another different discussion. Let's just real quick. We're just going to go into it, if you don't mind. I know no, you go don't. Ahead. Let's go right into. A couple, a couple of things that's that's gotten my attention in the tournament so far, which is blaming officiating. This is something that I can't stand in any sport, let alone something that gets as big of a stage as the NCAA basketball tournament. I cannot stand when you you just you pass the blame onto the referee and. What we're going to talk about is the is the Gonzaga incident, if you if you want to call it that, beating Northwestern, who, no matter what anybody says, I think it's crap that they got as much attention as they did. They're in another different discussion. Gonzaga defender hand goes through the rim, right, Scott? Right, right. And then and then a stuff, which should be a goaltending call. If um if right. I'm yeah right now nothing's called and then Northwestern coach gets teed up which is really the icing on the cake that was the best and and then of course the whole entire press conference after the game is oh the NCAA has came out and officially apologized what do you think ah oh, well you know that could, that was a three point swing right there and ends up being a six point game you know so what oh and so lists all these reasons focusing on that one play and then makes the claim 
But I'm not going to blame officials on it. But you just did. I hate it when coaches do that. They go, oh, these officials, nah, you know, they, they, they took the game into their own hands and they did this and they and we deserve that. But I'm not going to blame the officials. It's like, well, then don't say any of that. Well, okay. So for the first time ever on Perpetual Sports Talk, I think Sean and I agree on this 100%. Dude, we agree on a lot of stuff. Don't make this seem like it's stupid Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith arguing. We agree. We have conversations. We get to a place that we haven't... We agree on stuff. This is not surprising. Start him up. Triggered right there. All right. Say whatever the hell you wanted to say. I I completely agree with you. I, I don't think... Why don't you point to another point in that game? Now, it is tough. It's tough to watch because in that particular example, the ref missed the call and then tees him up five seconds later. Like, I, I get it. That's a that's a tough thing to watch because it's like, ooh, you know, I missed it live. I watched the game live and I missed that call. I, I didn't even see it. Yeah, because we're human beings, Scott. And guess what? Officials are human beings, and that's what was. It's really easy to be critical when you have a slow motion replay while you're sitting on your couch at at home. I I get that. Now, now I also understand why Chris Collins was so mad. I, I I if I was the coach, I would be in the same position, arguing that. Here's the thing. That does not cost them the game, Scott. No, like it you doesn't. said you Absolutely could have pointed to all the other dozen that they missed a shot, and they can point at that. I never think officials are the reason why you win or lose a game. And here's what really grills my onions, dude. That happened when there was still five minutes left in the game. That didn't change diddly squat. You're, you're absolutely Gonzaga right. Gonzaga still would have won, but it's like a cop-out. Oh, we're Northwestern, and we could have beaten Gonzaga, who lost one game all season. No, just own it. Just say, yeah, that was one point in the game that we would have liked to have gone in our favor. But you know what? We, I hope you have about an hour and a half to let you know about all the stuff that we didn't do. That's what I want a coach to say when some crap about officiating comes out because the demand for perfection right now is just at a ridiculous all-time high, which, of course, you want to, you want to make things right. You want to make things as fair and as correct as possible, and I get that, but guess what? It's a game. It's a game, everybody. It's created by people. It's officiated by people. It has to be understood that there's going to be a lot of errors. All right. Yeah, the official missed a call. You also missed forty percent of your shots. Okay, make more of your shots. That easy. And it happens in every single sport. Every single sport. And you know what? Now it's trickling down. It's just trickling down. Personally, just my opinion. You can agree or disagree. Robot umps are the future. It's gonna happen, and people are gonna stop watching sports. Robot umps. Robot refs. Everything's going to be officiated by some GD robots. It's going to be terrible. And you know what it's going to turn into, Scott? It's going to turn into robot players because we want perfection out of our officiating, and then we're going to want perfection out of our players. We're going to want to see a three-pointer be 100% and a home run to be hit every time because for whatever reason, we're just obsessed with the fact of everything going right to our agenda all the time. You know what the officials should do before every basketball game, before referee, before soccer, baseball, every umpire should come out and say, all right, 
go through all the rules, whatever meeting that you got, play conference, coin flip, whatever. Just the last thing, slip something in there saying, okay, we're going to blow three to five calls this game. Some of them will be more important than others. If you guys are butthurt at that, then you could just forfeit right now. Oh, you you can't say that as an umpire, though. You can't say that. Are I you would. being serious? It happens, dude. It happens in like it happens in 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 youth in like in in youth baseball games in the in the high school games. They always make a little point to say, "Hey, we're out here. We're gonna make mistakes," and they suck. I mean, they're high school umpires. They suck. If you if you got a problem, they're just saying, "Hey, we're gonna mess up. Come out and talk right. to us if you want to." Let's just everybody say that and and televise it uh, to remind the dummies at home that what they're watching is not infallible. I, I love I love the human aspect of of umpires and referees. I sure. love it. Sure. It's part of the game. It's it's yeah. the reason what makes sports so great. And you gotta accept their their non perfection. And and it's part of the coach's job to like it makes the coach more valuable because Dude. It's a teach. It's a coaching lesson. That's it's a, a coaching lesson. It's a life lesson. It's it's a coaching strategy too on how you handle the refs and umps too. Mm-hmm. That's a you could go coaching omelet there. Yeah, you, we, I mean, we could we could do another segment in a couple minutes and just do a little coaches omelet. Do you want to just put this on the back burner until then? Yes, that's we'll do fine. we'll do like a two or three minute coaches omelet well, right around the end of the episode. Whatever. But but for now, do you want to switch sports? Let's do it. Let's go to baseball with the World Baseball Classic, the WBC. Now, Scott, you said this the past couple weeks. I didn't think you were going to backdate me. What would you say, Scott? What would you say about the WBC? Well, I didn't. I don't know the exact quote, but it, it was negative. It was very negative. It said nobody was interested, nobody cares, nobody watches. And now USA's making a run. They are currently playing Japan in a semifinal, which we're not watching right now because my computer decided to crap out. We had some def- technical difficulties before the episode. I wanted to be done at 9 so we could go watch, and that's not happening because it is 45 minutes past 9. It's beside the issue. People like the World Baseball Classic, Scott. Any baseball fan is all in now. And yeah. did you yeah, watch? It's pretty. I really ate my words there. I'll tell you that. Did you watch uh, USA versus Dominican Republic? I still haven't watched an inning of the WBC. So you're just sticking to your guns. You're just sticking to your this is stupid type thing. Well, I mean, I probably would if I had time to sit down and do it, but. Really, I just haven't gone out of my way and been like, oh, this is on tonight. Like, no, that really hasn't happened. It's high-level baseball on in March. I mean, what? it's it's awesome. It's it's like, it's like almost as if the season is, began a month earlier than it should have. Well, you know, you know what amazes me is the buy-in of all these players. Man, the buy-in of Team USA, the buy-in of Puerto Rico. I, I watch the highlights, obviously, and, I, and I'm up to date. The Puerto Rican guy was getting interviewed, and he was saying this is the best thing that's ever happened in his baseball career. Mm-hmm. It's like the world beat baseball classic? Well, a lot of, I mean, yeah, those guys have the opportunity to come play in the MLB, but others sort of have the shot of playing for country. 
And that's sort of a thing that they dream about. That's almost more on their to-do list than, I mean, obviously getting to the MLB, you know, living in America, most likely a little better quality of life. Yeah, that's awesome. But so their dream, man, I feel like part of that is playing for country. And whereas, you know, kids in the USA obviously dream of being in the majors, Right, but but it's even it's even that that bug of of being excited is is transferring to Team USA. I mean, just so my favorite moment of the tournament so far happened. Well, I guess my favorite Team USA moment happened in that game versus the DR because my favorite moment of of all moments happened um, yesterday when Puerto Rico beat the Netherlands. However, this is is Team USA. They're up by, I think they're up by two in the seventh. And Manny Machado's up for the DR, which I have no idea why he's playing for the DR because he was born in America, lived in Florida, but whatever, Dominican Republic heritage. Do yeah. whatever you want. L- little lame, but I get it. Do whatever you want. Yeah. And hits an absolute tank to almost dead center, not quite dead center, sort of shading in the, in the right field gap. And center fielder Adam Jones, man, teammate of Manny Machado, such a cool moment, running back and makes a leap. Dude, this is not a robbing a cheesy home run hitting the top of the wall. This is, he's getting up there. This ball gets into the third row at least, and he pulls it back. And Jonesy has been sort of, unfortunately, you know, I'm saying that as an O's fan, on the decline as a center fielder, and he just made this incredible play with different parts of the world watching, not just O's fans. I mean, they saw that and just and hauled it in, and it would have become a an upsetting game after that. When it's a, Now it's a one-run game, and a really cool part is just that it was it – was, Manny Machado is a teammate of Adam Jones in the regular season. You know, they're duking it out. They're trying to beat the hell out of each other on the baseball field. They want to win. And so Machado's rounding first. He sees that he Jones makes the unbelievable catch. He just takes off his helmet. Just takes off his helmet, gives gives Jonesy the little salute. What do they say in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Pay him homage. Pay, yeah, pay, pay respects. Pay respect. Give him a bow. I need to make a little bow. So he rocked one of those. Jonesy gave a little tip of the hat back. Everybody's going nuts. Such a cool moment, man. I mean, a little stuff like that. We didn't think that we would get baseball like that. That was at 11 p.m., almost midnight on a Saturday in the middle of March. Everybody was still recovering from their St. Patrick's Day hangover, and they're watching this incredible high-stakes baseball. I mean, what more could you ask for as a baseball fan? I don't know if anybody saw this coming, though. Did did you honestly see this coming? I didn't see... To this extent, like, this is high level. Like, this is... People have bought in, people are excited, and people are playing hard. Well, I never saw this coming. The crazy thing, man, is... Yeah, this is somewhat of an all-star team, but a lot of our dudes for Team USA are not playing. Mike Trout ain't playing. He's not in there. Just there are guys like that who decided, nah. So it's almost like that That sort of makes it cooler to me. It's like, of course, it's these are pretty much all all-stars, but they're definitely not like the future Hall of Famers that we know are are in the league right now. 
Not all the, like, you know, we talked about Syndergaard. Syndergaard's not in there. I mean, look, dude, the guy make, who just made the start, I don't know how he did, Tanner Rourke. Yeah. Tanner Rourke yeah. getting the bump in the semifinal in a game that's like has a lot of anticipation. How awesome is that? That's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's not the cream of the crop, and I think those guys are kind of looking at it and like, huh, maybe I need to play. Yeah, um, you you like that. You like that cream of the crop. You're whipping that out. You're whipping I, out yeah, the cream. I whip out a lot of things. I think of one thing. I think of a few words I want to say, and then I say them just repeatedly throughout. You just the stick episode. to it. What other words do you want to get out there this? Uh, any big words that I'll, you I'll learned wait. this week? Just, just wait. Just you wait. sure? They'll come. They'll okay. Come. Stick with the cream, but keep going. Okay, but no, that was really it. That's really all I had to say. He said something that's funny to me about Tanner Rourke. Is is Dusty Baker? Dusty Baker doing a little bit of belly aching about Rourke not getting the right amount of innings, right? That he's right. only I think he's only appeared in two games, and this and this is the seventh game of the WBC for Team USA. And Dusty's just sort of like, you know, I, I need him to be ready, and I'm not in control of that. Uh, Jim Leland is, and, and I can't do anything, and he's going to be my number two, three, or, or four, or whatever. And th- and that made me, I mean, that report, li- I mean, that made me laugh. Because literally last week, it was, our guys aren't getting enough innings. They're not getting enough ABs. They're not getting enough playing time. And now it's like, or I'm sorry, is they're getting too much, and they mart, and they might. That. Yeah, I, have to, I did big touch that. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> a week, I can go in and cut it, but I won't. A week ago, they were saying how you know they're it's it's unnecessary, and they might hurt themselves, and they were getting after too much, and they didn't need that. They and they were going to waste innings for the end of the season, and now it's they're not getting enough. To me, it's just find something to complain about and stick with it. Yeah, oh, I'll stick to my guns. I I thought the base the World Baseball Classic was stupid, and you still think it's stupid. And I still think it's stupid because also if USA wasn't in it, y'all wouldn't care, dude. My, okay, so my other favorite moment right. happened yesterday during the Puerto Rico versus the Netherlands game when Yadier Molina picked off two guys in the very first inning and absolutely shut it down. And from that, from the first inning. I knew Puerto Rico is winning this. The Netherlands does not deserve to win that game when they had two guys get picked off in one inning, and then it goes in extras, and it's some good, incredible baseball. That's a cool moment. He picked off a guy at second, and then a guy off first. A couple runners snoozing. Only a like a baseball person has to understand that and go, holy crap, I'm watching that, and it's March 20th. That's some yeah. baseball right there. That's what it's about. Yeah, well, it's better than spring training. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I also don't want spring training, but. Right. Well, all basketball in March, I get it. Nothing wrong with that. But this is just a this is just another little thing for for sports fans. Now, along with the Nationals, Scott, I want to mention, do you have anything else about WBC, by the way? No, no, I've ate my words. I want to get off this topic. Okay, fair enough. Let's just move on to the Nats. And let's talk about Max Scherzer with his famous three-fingered fastball, which, by the way, that sounds like the name of a a rock band, the three-fingered fastballs. 
Couldn't that be like a like a band? Well, it just sounds like it's from like a kids movie or something where they fi- he figure out figures out a new pitch, <laughs> or it's some Japanese guy coming over with a gyro ball, <laughs> and he goes the three finger fastball. Now his it's his knuckles all jacked up, right? Okay. So Scherzer's knuckles all jacked up, and it just came out last week that he's definitely not going to be ready for opening day. So we're probably going to see, I'm thinking Strasburg at this point, because Dusty's thinking, oh, I guess uh, Tanner Rourke is is not ready because he's been in the WBC, and now the WBC, there's not enough games, whereas a week ago there were too many. However... His knuckle got jacked up towards the end of last season, didn't quite heal all the way, so he taught himself to throw a fastball with three fingers, which pretty much if you play Little League Baseball, you know that when you throw a baseball, you use two fingers. Now, when you're in Little League, they might say, hey, use that third finger there to stabilize it because your hands are a little too little. So this is Scherzer, a grown man, a Cy Young Award winner, throwing a fastball with three fingers which just doesn't happen. Now, the thing that concerns me, Scott, is when you do something almost your whole life and then you change it in order to avoid pain, I feel like nothing good can come out of that. As much as I love the fact that and just got, you know, play through it, you know, be tough, all that all that good folklore about the you know the old Tommy way of doing stuff. I feel like this is sort of not a wise thing to do to try to change something, and now you're doing something completely foreign. You're are, you're learning how to throw a fastball again. Well, you Your say, pitch that the, you throw eighty percent of the time. The saying is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But his fingers broke, so. <laughs> He's got to change it somehow. I mean, I don't mind what he's doing. Well, I think it's the really interesting because we're both base baseball guys, particularly. I mean, you especially, and like there is no precedent on throwing a three finger fastball. You don't know anybody in high school that throws a three finger fastball. You don't like there is there's no. I mean, if you think about it, it's got to take velocity off it. So he can't throw it 95, 96 like he throws his normal fastball. Velocity and control. And then there goes the point of throwing a fastball. Because it that's could, the does, does it lead to more arm trouble? Because you're throwing like with three fingers over the I it just it's unprecedented. And I think that's gonna be really interesting. I don't think he's gonna throw it through the season. I don't think so. Of course not. But I can't help but foresee now. I've made some pretty bad predictions in my life, particularly on this podcast. And if you don't believe me, go back to some of the earlier episodes. (laughs) Now, and hey, even if you're listening to this episode after this coming weekend when I say the SEC goes three for three in the tournament, that might be a bad one. So this might not mean anything. But I just can't imagine you doing something to avoid pain. Yeah, that's the tough guy and that's awesome getting after it, but it's like you're going to you're going to change something now that was really good last season and years before that. And what's going to be the result? What's lurking around the bend? I don't know, but I don't like it. Nats have got a few hundred mil riding on that three fingers right there. 
that one finger in particular that's yeah. in fact busted the knuckle that one knuckle can cost the nationals hundreds of millions of dollars was it 210 one knuckle 210 that sounds right seven year no strauss just got strauss has got the extension to seven what was scherzer scherzer's five scherzer was like five but it was stretched out over 10 right stretched out over 10 yeah you know i'm actually my my whole brain with the i do with the concept of of contracts and it throws me for a world just a little math kind of screws you up just numbers knowledge anything in general confuses (laughs) me now anything else with scherzer i didn't know we were going to mention max max scherzer on the show but hey i like it what well what did you want to mention with the mlb you wanted to mention something oh dude of course i want to mention somebody i i know who you're going to mention already and i'm excited for it of course mr timothy tebow getting sent down to class a that's right the the columbia fireflies Hopefully he can figure out what on deck circle he goes to this time. Oh yeah, that's sad. Did we talk about that already? Of course, we talked about it. Are you sure? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm positive. We talked about everything Tebow has ever done in the history in of the, time in his baseball career, <laughs> not in his football career. No, I mean the entire history of time. So here's here's what I got for Tebow. First of all, he's hitting like two forty something. Right? Hey, it's better than what I thought he was going to hit. He's got a couple knocks. Four for 17, I believe, the exact number. Class A ball, which that's he's, he's, he's going to be he's, class A professional baseball. It's unbelievable. He'll sell some tickets. Oh, so that's where I'm going with this. Scott, you're the marketing guy for the Columbia Fireflies. Oh, I love it. What promotions are you coming up with? Because, because for any of our listeners who don't know, the minor league teams and and stadiums and they, they are like famous, especially the Mets organization for coming up with just silly, ridiculous, outlandish marketing marketing ploys and these weird, wacky nights in order to get people to to come out to watch minor league baseball. For instance, one uh, you know what I can't even remember now what Met team did it. I feel like it may have been Port St. Lucie's, which I think is Double A. They they do Seinfeld stuff all the time because it's you know you know Mets New York. They do Seinfeld yeah. stuff all the time. They went so far as to have a bobblehead of the 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 mysterious spitter episode you remember that when there was this no the magic loogie it was called the magic loogie so there was a bobblehead of whatever guy it was like peering out of the bushes making like a spitting face and that was a bobblehead that was bobblehead night it was magic loogie bobblehead night it was all about seinfeld so scott you're the columbia firefly columbus firefly uh uh columbia firefly sorry marketing director what's okay. your first ploy Ooh. have a t te- I, I think i could do i think i got a few here it, hold on this must be tebow themed of course of he's course. this you probably already thought of this but it might help he's wearing number 15 his his florida oh, wow. gator number i did not know that so th- there might I'm, be I'm something thinking there. like i'm thinking like protein shake day 
they hand out protein shakes, free protein shakes at the thing. Okay. I'm also thinking like Tebow mans the ambulance. So like if anybody like faints or anything, he can like resuscitate them back to life. Like he runs up to the stands if someone wears oh, a foul yeah. ball. So if you have any medical emergency, Tebow will come pray over you and heal you. By pow- by his powers. Okay, I feel like this is getting on from playful mockery to caustic sarcasm. So, <laughs> but 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 go ahead, keep going, keep Ooh, going. I don't know. I mean, what did you want me to say? Like Heisman Trophy night or something like that? Um, see, see, that's a realm let's, let's that do, I could. Let's do just do football guy night where everybody can just try and play baseball. All, all the NFL can just come and get in a bat and see who see who can play. See, you're going into the into the <laughs> sharp, burning sarcasm realm. Um, th- dude, you're a legitimate marketing director for a <laughs> single A minor league team, and you're big leaguing me right now. You're big leaguing me. You big leaguing me last episode. Hey, those you're big leaguing me right now. That's pretty good. Those are all come on, come on. Do some critical thinking here. What's oh, getting? What's that's getting the? Fa- no, that's you're being a r- real big jerk. That's what that is. <laughs> what's oh, getting man. the fans in the seats? Let's do no drinking at the ballpark night because Tebow doesn't drink. That's not getting fans out to the game, Scott. <laughs> That's le- fewer people are coming to the game now. You're still you're big leaguing me. I was thinking about something to do, maybe like a maybe like a Florida Gators themed jersey night. That's what I was thinking. Something kind of normal. That's not fun. What do you mean? That's not fun. Every, you know, they, I, you know, the freaking players don't care. Play those minor league freaking wacky things. They don't care. They probably have fun with it. So for for one night, they're known as the Columbia Gators or the Columbia Heisman's. Everyone might gets as a well t-shirt. Just change the name. Everyone gets a little T-shirt with like like your idea with the Heisman. That was cool. Like everybody gets a T-shirt with a little Heisman trophy on it. I can get on board with that. Just might as well just change the name to Columbia Florida Gators. Well, you don't have to change the name. It gets confusing. Columbia, I've won one playoff game. You're again. You're getting. You're getting mean here. You're getting mean. There's one. For the record, I think it's kind of cool what's happening with Tebow. For, for one, it makes Scott <laughs> mad, which I'm a huge fan of. Two, look, he's 4 for 17 in spring training. <laughs> Not any schlub can go 4 for 17 in spring training. That's hey, all I'm saying. For you. What's going to be higher, Tim Tebow's completion percentage or his batting average? What was his completion percentage? It was pretty low. Like 50? <laughs> Lower probably lower than fifty career, in the forties. Uh, batting average, I mean, obviously batting higher, average. Higher batting average. It's a, f- a lower batting average. Wow. This is a funny question, Scott. <laughs> However, we're go- I mean we're going to keep mentioning it. So if you're a Tebow fan or if you enjoy hearing Scott just to bludgeon his name via <laughs> podcast, I guess you can keep coming back. However, I think that's enough with baseball. I'm not even going to ask Scott if he has anything else because we're going to get another BS marketing idea. So let's just move along. And I want to change sports to a very unlikely spring sport. College football, Scott. I want to talk a little Naval Academy midshipmen. Wow. 
We're throwing that out there, all right? Okay, so last year, Navy, just at the end, the whole unfortunate deal with Will Worth going down because at the very beginning of the season, Tago Smith went down with an injury. It was just the whole idea of a hurt quarterback just sort of became like a, a huge down. I mean, it was a successful season, but it could have been so much more with with a healthy quarterback. Now, something cool that came out with their first couple spring practices at the Naval Academy. Do you remember way back in the earlier Perpetual Sports Talk episodes, I mentioned about a quarterback being tapped on the shoulder, sitting in the stands, eating popcorn, yeah. fully dressed, saying, hey, you got to go take a couple snaps? Yeah. He was yeah. on the JV team? Yeah. His name's Malcolm Perry. Okay, yeah. and he's a, he's he's a fresh. He's a plebe this year. He's going to be a sophomore next year, and he's one of their main slot backs. And he's the second. He's the he's the second string quarterback. Which second string quarterback? Why put him as one of the main slot backs? Well, Coach Neil Montalolo says because of what happened to Tago Smith, one of the best athletes, didn't get to play it down until. Until his senior year, and then first game. Up, oh, sorry. There you go. He could have. He could have produced for him. He could have produced for him for three years. Well, are we talking of, about spring ball now. We're talking about Navy football spring ball. This is spring practices. They're not playing right. games. They're so just, yeah, he's the second string right now, and I'm not going to take anything away from this story. But this is without the recruits coming in next year. Yeah. So he could potentially get bumped back through that. I think it's cool how he was on the JV team last year, sitting in the stands, and now he's getting significant playing time in spring ball. Scott, I think you should know. I'm not sure if a whole lot of plebes get starting spots for any military no, academy. A backup, maybe they bring in another quarterback and he backs up their starter. Whatever. I, I don't know. It's hard to tell in spring ball because you have recruits coming in the next year. So it's really just for snaps and playing time and kind of keep your legs. But but so, it has something to be said. A story to keep an eye on. Yeah. Okay. Story to keep an eye on. Uh, my old man, of course, has been keeping an eye on it. He told me about it. He said, hey, might be something cool to mention in the show if you yeah. can. So I wanted to mention it because, oh, I mean, we love stuff like that. Oh, we yeah. love, like, the whole idea of of, of an the, average guy sitting in the stands and then kind of rising. You know, the the Vince, what is that, Vince Papello, whatever that guy's Whatever the invincible guy's name is, invincible. There you go. They love stuff like that, and stuff like that goes on more than you might think. And here you go, and in Naval Academy college spring practices, he's getting a lot of snaps as a slot back, and the second the second string quarterback is always sitting on the sidelines for any college football for any football team. Second string quarterback is on the sidelines with headphones, calling stupid plays. This guy's gonna be in the huddle. Yeah, because he's one of their best athletes. It's just interesting, as a just as a as a coach from coaching aspect. This is almost like a, I don't know what you would call this, but you know you, you put your you put your best athletes on the field who who deserve it, and it's just yeah. and it's, it's cool what Coach Niamontololo said about Tago Smith. That's sort of his that's sort of his reasoning 
behind it. That is pretty sweet. And with that, that'll probably be enough college football talk for several months, Scott. So let's move on. For Mark. Let's talk about a dude of the week, Scott. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. You're going to like this one. one. in a while, right? You haven't had a dude of the week in a while. So let's remind the listeners, dude of the week. A lot of athletes are subjected to scrutiny and horrible criticism because they have... If not the biggest, one of the biggest biggest spotlights in America, everything they do is put under a microscope and examined, and someone finds the bad in it. Here on Perpetual Sports Talk, we like to be happy. We like to we like to take these athletes and give them a high five every now and again. So that's what we like to do with Dude of the Week, someone who really exemplifies sportsmanship. The last Dude of the Week was the Michigan basketball team for... That whole plane crash deal. But. Exactly, and and that's and that's and that's taken something horrible that happened to them off the field and playing their butts off on the court, not even letting it. I mean, that's a good little dude of the week. So this story comes to you from the PGA Tour. Now, this golfer, I'm not sure if he's considered a household name. Well, yes, I am quite sure he's definitely. He's definitely not considered a household name. Cody Gribble. Now, what he did was he is on whichever hole he's on on the Bay Hill course in the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Not sure if you watched any of it. He is approaching his ball, and there's an eight-foot gator right around his ball. This dude... Hits the gator on the tail with his bare hand, Scott. Not with his putter, not with his driver, with his bare hand. That's amazing. And and I have video of it, but I don't have any sound. I have some sound of him being interviewed, so let me play that for you right now. Cody, just some comments. Everybody's talking about that video. Uh, Alligator. (laughs) I didn't even realize it was on video, but... uh... You know, the gator needed to look like he needed some exercise. I don't know. But he was sitting right there in the way, and, you know, I guess I was struggling today. I wanted to get some adrenaline going somehow, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't really afraid of it. I don't know. There's really nothing to say about it. He says he wasn't afraid of an eight-foot gator. Now, Scott, I want to just – do you remember that one time – you, Murph, and I were golfing. I think it was at Brambleton, and we came across that big freaking snapping turtle. Yep, yep. And you put your we put your club on it, right? Oh yeah, you remember what he did to the club? It bit it. He bit my club. Yeah. Did any of us touch the turtle with our bare oh. hands? With my bare hand? Heck no. Absolutely not. Cody Gribble goes up to this gator and spanks him right on the butt. Right on the tail. And, dude, the gator just swims off. This is a true, heroic Indiana Jones dude of the week right That's here. That's some crocodile Dundee crap. But I think he, I think he's from Australia. Is he? I don't know. I thought he was, like, from the south just based on the way he talked. Full-time golfer, part-time gator wrangler. Some of the tweets that are coming by, we got a little, uh, we got chubs. From Happy Gilmore, oh, an yeah. alligator bit my hand off. There's a lot of references to alligators and you know guys. 
And golf. That's a good one. And golf specifically. But that was uh, Cody Gribble. You are perpetual sports talk due to the week. And this is one of the rare occasions where we have a dude of the week and a schlub of the week in one episode. We got some bits for you, and they're pretty good, too. And and to just remind everybody of a schlub, it's an, it's an unathletic, unattractive, unappealing person. And we do it to sort of... I guess to to mirror our our dude of the week segment, we like to have something else because oftentimes, yeah, athletes are subjected to criticism. However, a lot of times they're put on a pedestal of God and deity. But we here at Perpetual Sports Talk like to remind everybody that, hey, athletes are human. They do stupid stuff. And not even athletes. Anybody in the sport world, they're people. They do stupid stuff just like Scott does. You know, oh, I do it all the time. I just every, do it more frequently than pe- other people. That's right. So here we are. We're gonna. We're gonna. We dish. Scott, you have our schlub of the week. I do. I do. And this this comes from the basketball world. Um, Wichita State head coach Greg Marshall, not the schlub of the week, but he's married to the schlub of the week. Nice. <laughs> uh, his wife Lynn Marshall. That's very nice woman. I'm sure. Well, um, was escorted by police out of the arena, or f- I guess from the court. I don't know if she's escorted totally out, but from the court by the police um, for yelling after the game at the officials or the other team. It really, do- they really don't know. They really didn't give specifics. I thought it w- I thought it was at officiating in it the was, article it was I read. Pretty sure. Which is funny because we were talking about people yelling at refs earlier in the episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is really it's been it's been a problem. And like, how do we understand this? But you know, a coach's wife doesn't get that. Um, it's it's really honestly sad. So she had to be escorted out of the arena because she was yelling at the refs. The coach's wife. Think about that. That would be terrible. I would be super embarrassed if. My significant other, my mom, my brother, whoever related to me, friends, family, anybody I'm sitting next to is yelling at the refs like that. And apparently, it's not a one-time occurrence. Apparently, she has really? a history of this. Really? See, I didn't I didn't know about that. Apparently, she has a history of being super loud and exuberant at basketball, at, his, at his, her husband's basketball games. That's horrible. Like, it's... It's just, I, it really, come on, come on. You're not involved with the game. You're not. You're no. Not. And no isn't need. that kind of on, a little bit on her husband to kind of be like, hey, you know, I love you, but can you kind of tone it down a little bit during the game? I don't think it's, I mean, she's a grown woman. She knows how to, clearly she's been around yeah. sports for a I'm long time. And she's married to a coach. A husband, wife, and all that. I'm saying it just as the coach. If anybody, if any of you come uh, to my game. Embarrassing. And yelling like that. Which we have, and we've done. And it's yeah, embarrassing there, for you. I didn't say a word, and we lost by a bucket. That's right. Well, you should, it's one our fault. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's embarrassing. It's on a completely different level. And... Again, it's like, what are you doing? I mean, you're not a part of the game. Just just 
cool it. And officiating of everything, just officiating. You guys are a great basketball team. Yell at your own players. They lost. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a real shame. So Lynn Marshall is deserving of the schlub of the week. Scott, you're going to take us into this next one. It is the perennial favorite. Would you rather? Now, everybody the fan- knows the... What was that? The fan favorite. The fan favorite. Well, the perennial. Perennial is just a word for just all-time favorite. I don't mean to like... Too big of a vocab word for me. Blow our own... But I've been trying to throw them in. Well, okay. Just make that your word that you use from now on. Perennial. Did, perennial. I'll, try, I'll try and use that somewhere. Perennial. So... Everybody knows of this game because probably everybody's played it before. It's a fun game, played on long road trips, or maybe it's it's a night out winding down on the on the walk home after a good night on the town, a night evening, and, and you're just wrapping up some, some conversations. It's a, would you rather do this awful, disgusting thing or this awful, disgusting thing? Sometimes those awful, disgusting things are substituted for really cool things that you got to make a decision. It reveals character of the person. It makes for some good stories, some good conversations. So Scott and I like to do sport themed would you rather so scott i think you have the first one all right i do have the first one and well i'll explain all right you've got a ticket to a basketball game a hypothetical basketball game between the ucla bruins and the wichita state shockers all right you have a hypothetical front row ticket (laughs) okay would you rather sit next to LeVar Ball or sit next to Lynn Mitchell? Okay. Okay. Greg, Lynn Marshall. I'm Lynn. sorry. Lynn Marshall, Greg Marshall's wife, who we just <laughs> talked about earlier as Schlub of the Week. Notorious, notorious yeller of officials, coach's wife. On the other hand, you got LeVar Ball, who's possibly the most arrogant person alive who has been has been saying that he can beat michael jordan one-on-one charles barkley that he was calling out lebron's kid today like it was it's all it's been crazy a a very a very humorous i don't even know if humorous is the right word very overconfident hubris that's what i was looking for overly confident in his son lonzo's cuba here's the thing man all right so answer the answer the question lonzo's Ballin', so Lavar has some, you know, he's a he's a bit of a blowhard, but his kid is uh, his kid his kid can play, and he's okay. gonna be drafted, and he's gonna be in the top ten, and he's gonna go make a lot of money. See his thing, he was he was what was his thing with the triple B shoe line? He's like, my kids are gonna be the first one to be as rookies have their own shoe deal and there's going to be called triple b's because he has other sons who are committed to ucla yeah he, he made just, up this thing so you got to answer the question man would you rather sit next to lynn marshall or lavar ball here's what this boils down to obnoxious parent or obnoxious wife okay what do you got that's what this boils down to what do you right? got you haven't answered the question 
I'm trying to I'm trying to weed through it here. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make my way to the other side. Obnoxious parent or obnoxious wife? I feel like Lavar Ball is just spitting like and I can beat you one on one all the entire time. Well, my it, son's so his good. Son, yeah, his son. And like or, that would be like really annoying. You got Lynn Marshall though, who's not gonna really pay attention to you, but just be screaming the entire time. I'm not sure if LeVar Ball's attention is directed towards me. I'm not sure if either of their attention is directed towards It's just, which one do I want to put up with less? Okay. And I want to put up with LeVar Ball's nonsense less. I could honestly, I could see myself <laughs> laughing at some of that crap because I think it's sort of shtick and it's like a, just a big bit that he's pulling. Whereas as Lynn Marshall... I think it's her actual, true, just personality, and it's ugly. Whereas Lavar Ball, he's a big, big goofy doofus, and I feel like if I'm sitting next to him in that game, I can, I can see that, I can see that goofiness, and I can laugh about it. And here's, here's the real thing that puts me over the edge: UCLA is winning that game. Between yeah. UCLA and Wichita State, therefore Lavar Ball is going to be happy. Therefore, Lynn Marshall is going to be very, very salty. And I'd rather sit next to a salty, cocky, stupid, goofy parent than a very salty wife of a coach. And that is my answer to "Would you right, rather?" So Lavar Ball wins that "Would you rather" round. I can't believe he did, but he did. That was a good one. You you twisted that one to be something to be something pretty good, Scott. All right, hit me. Would you rather? This one comes from a dad, actually, a very loyal listener of the show. Now this is the family sports theme, so you're gonna like this one. We talked about sports traditions with the families in Thanksgiving. Would you rather strike out swinging? in a slow-pitch beer league softball game, or would you rather pick up a fumble in a family Thanksgiving football game and then run it to the wrong end zone? Ooh, am I playing this beer league softball game with my friends and family? It's Yeah, it's your friends and family. And then obviously the Thanksgiving game is your friends and family. And you Ooh. run the ball into the wrong end zone. How, why would I run to the wrong end zone, though? Because you're a big dumb idiot, I, and it's I a would you rather. Damage? Like, what, what's going on? It's just you get discombobulated, and you're a big doofus. And I you feel like that the... would just, like, that just doesn't make much sense, though. Scott, why would you swing and miss in a slow-pitch softball game? That make... I feel like that it's can a... happen. It's a would you rather. It shouldn't happen. See, maybe, maybe you're on your way to an answer here. No, because I just don't understand how I would run the opposite. I would pick up a fumble and then run the opposite way without anybody telling me. So everybody oh, else is on board. They're shouting at you. They're saying wrong way, wrong way, wrong way. But you have no idea of you just you're you're just so stupefied because you're a schlub and you're a schlub if you strike out the slow pitch softball too. I'm gonna go with the. Physical mistake over the mental mistake. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm actually, okay. I'm okay with people making physical mistakes, but I, I would be hypocritical 
if I was making mental mistakes there. Does that make sense? So I'm going to say striking out. I would rather strike out than run the wrong way. Strike out swinging and slow oh, yeah? pitch I'll softball. Get, I'll get my hacks in, man. I'll I'll load up, big leg kick, drop the shoulder, drop the hands. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be glorious swinging. And it's so pathetic too when that happens because it, the catcher in softball doesn't even catch it. It sort of just bounces on the plate and it's <laughs> awkward for a second. Scott, you'd strike out in slow pitch softball? Well, I mean, would you rather situation? All right, I'm marking you down. You're not going to. Physical over mental. Striking out in slow pitch. All right. Okay, nice. It's good logic. And let's move on. Let's finish how we always finish shows, Scott, with the weekend appetizer. And here, it's not the main course of the sporting event itself, that we're going to be watching over the weekend. We're just going to we're just going to talk about it. It's, it. We're getting excited for it. just like when you get an appetizer, you get your potato skins, your mozzarella sticks, your sampler platter. You get excited for your for your entree. So what is our what's our weekend appetizer, Scott? What you watching this weekend? Well, we're still in March, man. So we got to keep going with the with the uh, March madness. Um, I think there's a there's a few pretty solid games going on. Um, UCLA, Kentucky. Um, I think West Virginia, Gonzaga is going to be going to be a classic. That's the, actually the one I'm most excited for. Yeah. So you got that one on Thursday, and they got UCLA, Kentucky on Friday. Those are going to be some solid solid games, man. The only thing I'm salty about with the tournament is what times what times are the games scheduled for? Well, I'm not sure in particular, but they're they're going to overlap. J- See, they shouldn't overlap all that much. And I feel like once we're down to the Sweet 16, we should be spread out enough starting at noon to where we could watch them all and then not be up until midnight to have to finish them. Eh, that's a negative appetizer. Like old men. That's a negative appetizer. I didn't mean to do that to you, Scott. <laughs> Something that... Again, just going, going against the grain a bit. And of course gotta be watching the sweet 16 the elite eight however let's just mention the washington wizards real quick Uh oh now on saturday they're gonna be at the cleveland lebron jameses that's who they're playing and that's where they're playing and it's a it's a seven o'clock game it's a 7 30 game i'm sure it's gonna be the game on the tent the tnt and lowest ticket Price available. I'm seeing right now on ESPN, 84 bucks to go to see a regular season NBA game in March when the NCAA tournament's going on. That's playoff NBA, dude. That is the one and the three seed duking it out right now. Tell you what, nobody beats the Wiz, man. The Wiz are back. Fuego. We might we might see a 50 win season scott for the first time since 1979 wall wall and beal are doing their thing and it's good it's good to see but i don't know if that's worthy for a weekend appetizer but hey you know really no i'm just i'm just saying i mean we gotta wait until real basketball is finished with and then we can talk about the stage stuff all right it's fair it's fair the last now you remember the last Cavs whiz game was when LeBron made the luckiest three-pointer of his whole life 
Yeah. I mean, that's some drama. I think there's going to be some drama going on again. Sounds good, man. We'll see. So, Scott, this has been a fun episode. I really like this. Again, we've we've had a we've had some good ones now. And I, and I hope everybody listening liked it. And if you liked it, Still or if you didn't, hours into the podcast. Yeah, where well, this is our longest episode ever. Yeah, one twelve. Take days to finish. <laughs> Long, longest one. If you're listening still, you probably shouldn't be. Hopefully, you broke it up. But if you <laughs> want some more perpetual sports talk, ooh, real quick, wait, Scott, before you say it, a really good Murph snack fact. First segment, Murph snack fact from last episode. I said that Michelle Obama was the first. Uh, or not member, but woman who who is who played on uh, Augusta, the Augusta yeah. golf course. So it wasn't Michelle Obama; it was Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. That comes from Murph. <laughs> that's Murph stack fact right there. Which, by yeah, the way, by Murph, but that's pretty close by you. That's offensive it. in two different ways. No, it's not. It's like, uh, a little bit. I mean, I can admit that, but I thought that was a good snack fact. That's gonna be our new segment. Murph, our, our social media guy, he edits us. He ca- he catches our mistakes, and so hopefully he's got some for th- for this episode. Anyway, Scott, where are they looking, listeners? If they couldn't get enough PST, all right. Let's please, please, please get to twenty followers on Twitter. We're at Perp Sports Talk. Uh, we had a professional athlete retweet us for the first time ever. Mason That's, Foster, which is pretty cool. Hail the skins. Yeah, pretty cool. We'll see. It may, may may be the last one ever, but you know, first and last, right there. Get it um, done. All with so one guy. You can find guy. us on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes. Perpetual Sports Talk. We have a few subscribers now. You can find us on Podbean. Download the app and subscribe. Uh, you can find we have our own app now. We have our Snapchat, Facebook. We have Snapchat? No, we don't. Well, Scott, That'd you're confusing cool. me. It's all Perp Sports Talk. Just Google it, and whatever comes up in the first three things, that's us. That's us. That's us. All right, man. Well, this was fun, and then we'll be back after it next week. Until then, this is Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott.